What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Cousin Cecil Show. I'm your host, Cousin Cecil, a.k.a. Mike Fowler. How are you? How was your week? Did you have a good one? Did you play any new games? Did you uh, read any new comics? Did you uh, happen to stay of recording? Did you get to watch the Halo, the series uh, trailer on the AFC Championship game? We'll get into that in a quick moment, but... uh. But yeah, it's uh had a pretty good week. Uh, I had to work today. This is my usual day off. But I got to I had to work this morning just because of uh the old well now it feels like the new normal. Uh someone in my kitchen had COVID, so I just had to pick up their shift and all that stuff. But uh but yeah, it was a it was a good week. I uh I got to play uh well, we got to play the first Mass Effect off the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which we'll get into that real quick. Well, in a second. And then I got to actually, I think we talked about it last week, but um, I did, I'm up to date with the the comic saga, and I have issue 55 at my comic shop. I just have not been able to get over there and pick it up yet, but uh more to just more touch base on the saga thing because of just being able to say I finished it. That is a very, uh, a very excellent series. And uh, right now, because there is no ending to it, it is right behind the Why the Last Man. I might have said it last week. It might have been over it. But after reading it, and now I'm up to date, and obviously it's not finished. So it left on, it was on a three-year hiatus on such a, a hanging uh story that uh but it is a uh, how do I word it each uh ebb and flow of that uh series felt like it was felt like water like it just kept going and it had a flow that it did not ever feel uh it didn't feel like it was forcing on it Sometimes it felt like it was, uh, it might have left some stuff uh, hanging that you were like, hey, what about, oh, we're already gone and we're already on to the next thing. It's still interesting. But uh, I see why uh, a lot of those comic book creators I talked to had this on a pedestal. And it, it has to be probably the greatest, uh, maybe, maybe I'll, let me back step. It's one of the best uh, independent comics where you don't have, like, it is just him, Brian, and then the the lady who draws it working together, thinking of it. And like, there's no, like, uh, middle management going, hey, you got to make sure that uh, this doesn't happen. Make sure this doesn't happen. And uh, it is very, and I was, I said it back before finishing it. There are some way over the top some sexualized spots like a lot and it i mean it is interesting and also like at the same time like some of these are just like i think you're doing it just to be risque but also at the same time it didn't uh it wasn't the main conflict or goal of the story so you know what i mean there's a lot i would if I would, re- I would recommend it to a uh, 
a mature teen or adults to read Saga. It is uh, very over the top. And I was kind of surprised at the end of the day about that. But it was it was a very good read. It was very uh, very interesting. That, that world is probably best on paper. If you ever seen them say we're going to make a Saga TV show, um, I don't think you'll make it past... Fuck. Why the Last Man was pretty grounded in the sense of like, hey, this is a Earth. Uh, a disease happened. You know, boom. I think we can pull this off, right? Nope, they didn't. Saga is so over the top uh, about space and like different ideas of aliens and all this stuff. It would be a, I think it would flop right on their face if they try to make this into a TV slash movie. But, but yeah. I guess sticking with the the space stuff, uh, I've been I got to play and finish the first Mass Effect. Finally, like I've said before, the farthest I've ever been on in the games of Mass Effect. This is my first time ever playing the Mass Effects. Yeah, uh, I got to play like back in the two thousand or not two thousand. Uh, Xbox 360, I played Mass Effect 1, and I got to, basically, I played the first mission, and I don't even remember if I got off the planet. So, that's my idea of sticking to this. But with this uh, Legendary Edition that just came out, it uh, it's it's very fun. And I like I said, I'm more shocked after playing it um how much rover or the mako m-a-k-o rover or whatever the fuck you want to call it uh missions are in it and i talked to some people at work who have played it and they said yeah uh there's a there's a lot of the vehicle missions in the first one then the second one comes out, and they had very limited or not at all. I don't know yet. And then apparently, uh, Mass Effect Three, they because they a lot of the fans were like, "Hey, bring back the Mako, blah blah blah." So they put the Mako back in the third one. So that's again somebody telling me. I don't not sure if that is precisely what's going to happen in my uh, playthroughs, but uh. If I had to say about Mass Effect 1, I'm very surprised. Uh, they, I see this, I do see the spark and then what people call the Bioware magic. I don't think it was like that playing it, but hearing everyone, when I say everyone, like YouTube, um, of course, just reading social media and how people love Mass Effect. I think it definitely helped me push through it. Uh, but at the same time, maybe it's also uh, the the Legendary Edition is probably the best way to play the Mass Effect 1. I had it on normal difficulty. I had it on auto leveling. When I say auto leveling, it was the idea of like... Uh, I was getting, and I get to go onto a screen and like hit the triangle, say auto level, and they kind of put all the stats where you want it. Or if I w wanted to, once I understood what I'm doing, I'm like, okay, I'm going to 
Uh, maybe I'll put my four little points of this level into my, I want a store discount, even though I, I barely even went to a store, but, uh, uh, the thing I also was kind of surprised was how short the first one is when I've heard and I've watched, uh, not watched, I've seen like, um, this week's, you know, this week was like, we got like PlayStation wrap ups and I saw people with the Mass Effect, uh, series in their games they played and they show like 136 hours. I'm like, whoa, and that's obviously probably three games, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, I beat the first game in 15 ish hours. Maybe it was maybe a little bit more. I can't remember. But I, th- I could have sworn it said it said 15 on my save files. But um, but yeah, I I didn't mind it. I uh, definitely in 2007 probably would have recommended a friend to try it. But I could also see where people get upset because uh, some things I also besides the the rover missions felt a little like okay. I'd hate to be in a on a uh, console or back in the day when everything was in a loading screen. I could only imagine how do people feel playing these uh playing these uh big old RPGs back then. Uh but uh one I never it it does not tell me where like okay I've been picking up all these modifications and upgrades i didn't know you had to press the the square because i was on playstation i didn't know square uh took uh or let you put shit on like perks and modifications on your suits guns and blah 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 until uh until i almost was like one character away from having a whole roster of like everyone who's supposed to be on your party did i ever tell you that they also uh they also never, I don't remember if they had to. No, because it definitely doesn't happen. Uh, I think they, they left out a lot of the instructions and let people be, uh, you feel, feel free to try to scurry through the menus. They should have had it uh, a little bit better uh, hand-holding at the beginning. Just so that I did not, yeah, again, I just felt lost in that, in that area. And I feel Mass Effect 1 had a a very lackluster UI for the idea of like, okay, we're going to planet. Okay, so uh, go when you're on the Normandy, the ship, go up to the world map, and we're gonna show you f- fifteen fucking little circles on a fancy looking star of like of the universe with a bunch of little circles. And we have some names around these circles, so you know what we're kind of telling you where you're going. Okay. Oh. All right. Hit the first circle. Now you're going to go into this, which would be a, here's a little galaxy or solar system. That's the right right term. Oh, you want to go to this solar system? No problem. Let's zoom in. Uh Uh-oh. There's two more circles with different little clusters of planets. Do you want to go to, and these are two ones in particular I was thinking of. Hey, do you want to go to the Hercules one or the Sparta circle? Careful. You don't technically know which planet is in these circles until you hit them. And then you have to go through a loading screen of us, quote unquote, driving the Normandy into the solar system so you can see the planets. Okay. 
load it up and go through the loading screen. All right, here's a cluster. Here's a solar system of planets around a around a uh, a star or you know sun. Okay, here's the planets. Oh, uh, which one of these planets I can land on? I don't know. Go through them all until you see the one that says land. Oof! It was that's that was the little rough in that sense. In that sense, it was not. Uh, how to word it? It was uh, it was an inconvenience, but did it really alter my feelings of the the full game? No. Uh, the story is okay. It's definitely what you know. What's really affecting me because I was a PlayStation gamer, and this is our first time really getting it on the PlayStation. And also a little spoiler, I started Mass Effect 2, but I'm not going to talk about Mass Effect 2 yet because I literally, uh, <laughs> kind of like the same idea. I've only got to do the first two missions and I got to see, I, I've met the Elusive Man, my two new uh, cronies, and I got to meet one of my old, uh, re uh, my old uh, team members on a different planet. And like that's the, as much of the story as I know. But uh, the thing I've also didn't know is what Mass Effect One also lacks of you doing is, oh, you already you just did a mission on the planet and you guys you know even a, a trophy popped and everything. Fun fact, uh, you can go talk to all your teammates and uh, you know get connected, and you can also do you know because uh, Mass Effect's infamous about you can do these romances. Mass Effect 1 doesn't really tell you, hey, if you want to go clap some cheeks, go downstairs and talk to your crew. I kind of just kind of pushed through. I felt like I felt like Chalfy and how he does games. I'm like, by the time I thought about like uh, Mackin, I was like, oh, we're only got like three more missions. Hopefully someone likes me enough so I can like, you know, get a knuckle in because I was the female shepherd. Uh, before uh, you know, we save the world. Can I get a knuckle in? And also, I don't like that. Uh, that the first game is a, a patriarch way of looking of lovemaking. So that all my as a female shepherd, I didn't know this. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna go try for this girl, human girl Ashley, uh, right off the get go. I'm gonna have her in my squad. I thought maybe that's how we're gonna get connected, and she likes me. Turns out, I can't get her because I'm the girl. And also, I mean, hey, Ashley's a little uh, alien racist, but, you know, uh, you know, it's it was a uh, tough pickings in this in this game. But so obviously, as the female shepherd, my only love connections I had were the boy and then the and the blue girl alien that we meet, you know, Laria. Yeah, Laria. And the thing is, also the blue alien will will get with uh, the boy shepherd because her her species basically is like asexual slash like you know uh, you know you can get a knuckle in, but we actually uh, breed just thinking of happy thoughts with each other, like avatar bullshit. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, I'm very also surprised 
what back to what I was trying to say, what boggled my mind as a PlayStation gamer Mass Effect is uh, all this time I've been looking at like I didn't know how connected Mass Effect 1 is to Mass Effect 2 in the storyline of you know of it. I've been so used to hearing like the PS3 when the PS3 got Mass Effect 2 and they gave us that fake ass uh, comic book starting of it. And I've always thought I heard people say Mass Effect 1, who you don't have to play to play 2. Blue blue blue. No, this is probably the best way to do it. So you have a connection to even like the 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 Citadel. You have connections to even the people you're talking to of like old teammates because you try, uh, Mass Effect 2 in a non-spoilery way is like basically saying is Mass Effect, we're getting the band back together. Who's with me? And uh, I'm mo- I think I'm going to enjoy this series a lot more than I was thinking I was going to. I'm looking forward to continuing my playthrough of the, the series. But, um, but yeah, that was basically me. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, if I had to give Mass Effect 1, I got a 5. It's definitely a, a strong 4. Almost. Uh, maybe I'll do it like this. If the 360 version might be a three and a half out of five, this legendary edition is probably a four because of I can probably understand where people say they have updated like the even like the control scheme and all that shit. But yeah, uh, they could have hit some high notes, higher notes with me if they just just give me a little bit more handholding at the beginning. At least show me, hey. You want to go talk to you guys? They're downstairs, but none you like you will not. It doesn't like you know. It's just a blink of a moment. If you want to go talk to them, then you're done, and then you can go back up to the the galaxy map and all that shit. But uh, but yeah, Mass Effect Two seems like it's gonna be a lot more. I can already tell by f- how how the fighting is. I think it's gonna be a little bit more. It's definitely that it's it's almost night and day in uh how the combat is. And I definitely see why people like it more. Uh but yeah. We'll get into that maybe hopefully next week I can talk more about Mass Effect 2. But yeah, uh what's some news? How about that? We'll start off at least the more current news and we'll stick to a little bit more of the Halo stuff also. But uh today, Sunday. We just got a trailer for the Halo series that's coming to Paramount Plus, and it's going to come out, I want to say, March 26th, and uh, this trailer revealed uh, kind of, uh, you know, that vague trailer style of the story. Sounds like, in the trailer, sounds like uh, we're kind of like... You're trying to understand, yep, we uh, uh, humans have made super soldiers, also, quote-unquote, the military is the Spartans, like we've already knew, blah, blah, blah. But the thing it also makes it sound like is Master Chief is uh, controllable, and that's the best part, because obviously he's a super soldier made to blah, 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 take orders. But it seems like, to me, 
in this small minute trailer, it seems like Master Chief's main motive might turn into like, you know, he's going to have his own free will of thought. But they made it look like Cortana is the re is like their way to control Master Chief in this series, blah, blah, blah. Uh, my first thoughts watching in visually is uh, Master Chief, the Spartan suits, and even some of the Covenant. And we only saw, uh, I'm trying to remember, make sure I'm saying the right names right. If the Covenant are the ones that actually hold the energy short, swords, I could be wrong on that. But those aliens, like the main aliens, uh, they look good. A little too good, the Covenant ones. They look a little smoother on their skin than I was expecting. But um, the Master Chief armor looks great. But everything around it feels, it just feels a little cheapy, green screeny. Or, like, it feels like uh, 2002 sci-fi channel TV shows. Like, like uh, what is it? Uh, here's a good example. Like, uh, a good modern sci-fi channel show is uh, Krypton. It doesn't feel, because it, it doesn't feel like it's, like, on, like, a, in the basement with me in a green screen. It actually feels like it has some production value. Halo looks like it like it could, but the shots they showed felt very like we only have this much budget and like we you know we had to split some hairs for this this show. Uh but just some things it it just and I also do not like uh it, to me it looked like um they also put like a human on the covenant side to be like the the antagonist which I'm like why'd you do that when there's so many different characters in the covenant side, even that granted they are, they would be super budgeted, uh, aliens, but you knew what you're getting into when you got the product. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but time will tell if this is going to be good. If anything, I don't know. I'm being really hesitant on it. Cause I want to say off this first trailer, it does not make me want to get Paramount Plus, but it does make me want to just keep an eye out on review scores for that first season. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, uh, some other things that happened this week, uh, sticking with Halo, uh, the this Halo support studio that's been working with them since like even back with Halo Two map packs. Uh, I think it's called. I think the come the the studio is called Certain Affinity. They are also currently like they've they they've been a a port not port a support studio out of Texas for a lot of companies. But obviously, yeah, they focus been on Halo. They've done Left 4 Dead, some Call of Duty work, all that stuff. They've also been like, they've been some of like, when you think of like a support studio for Halo in particular, their name might be actually the ones you should give credit to than some other ones. Okay, so that idea. They are apparently the ones, they are working on a new game mode for Halo Infinite. And people are thinking it's going to be the 
the what is it uh the battle royale version of halo so hey that's kind of cool i think people were already talking about that before the launch but now we actually get a little bit more footing that it might be coming true and the other bigger kind of cooler news is uh that same studio is uh possibly working on a uh, a Xbox exclusive of basically they've been and everyone around it has been calling it this, but a Monster Hunter clone for Xbox slash Xbox Game Pass. Uh, apparently, it's been possibly been at work or been working on it since last summer, and uh, they are definitely just focusing on. They just want they're just trying to put another cog in the content wheel of game pass and i mean hey epic game store epic game store epic studios has that dauntless game which is kind of a monster hunter-esque uh you know free-to-play thing it definitely had there there's and of course monster hunter is so big and they all i'm more shocked they said this they think monster Hunter is a little too expensive to get a uh like a exclusive for xbox so i'm like whoa that's kind of crazy here when you know like nintendo is like they're in bed with monster hunter slash cab kind of bound it playstation has obviously uh uh monster hunter world so it's kind of crazy to hear um a game console developer that just dropped $69 billion on um, a third-party publisher to say getting an Xbox Monster Hunter exclusive would be too much. I'm like, wow, that's kind of crazy. And then, uh, what is it? Some other things I saw, because it's going to be, I think it's going to be a little shorter week. Uh People also saw Cyberbuck 2077's PS5 cover art kind of out in the wild. Not like internet wild. Not in real physical. But people are saying that might be the saying like it's going to come out sooner than later. Almost imminent. And then also uh, one little side thing. because I don't think we talked about it on the show. Ubisoft has been talking and been one of the more outspoken publishers about nfts non-fungible token and uh into video games and where people have been very uh out like say don't do it blah 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 and then ubisoft has also done a little bit <laughs> uh, even more thick-headed thing and said the people are like well just don't buy it I'm like, wow. I mean, they have a point, but also at the same time, like, read the room. Uh, without knowing that much, I have not even looked into the research of what uh, what does a video game NFT do compared to, like, the the the, bo- the board ape in- NFT and all that Yacht Club shit. But uh, I'm assuming... I don't even know how much it, what is it going to do. If it goes like the rest of them, it just means you just bought an exclusive uh, D- 
DLC map or skin that may or may not at, get additive value down the road. Slash, it could also decrease in value. Slash, uh, like, I don't know how much uh, control or how much copy-paste people can take that skin from you. So, like, how much is this just a real one thing token? Who knows? But I just more thought it was kind of interesting and thick-headed that the Ubisoft guy goes, well, don't buy it. You're, if you like, you know, you don't have to do it, but we'd like to because uh, keep our minds open to find different revenue streams for games because they're so expensive. They said, but I'm like, I don't know. I think of hearing some of you guys' quotas, I think you guys are making some plenty of money and maybe you just need to try better. Maybe, like, I don't know. And then also, two things that are involving Aquatic Dream. One is more just a side comment uh, that Star Wars Eclipse, which is their Aquatic Dream style game, has been inspired. They said the story's been inspired by The Last of Us, so I don't know if that means you're gonna we're gonna play as the enemy or what. But my like, okay, cool. Like you know what what X game has not has not been influenced by Last of Us now. And then the other thing is apparently uh, remember the tech demo. Of that that wizard, and it was a Quark Dream demo for like the power of place the PS4. Apparently, I saw today that uh that is going to become a playable moment. Like I guess a it's going to be a playable demo coming out sooner than later somewhere. I thought that was kind of cool. And then also because saying Star Wars reminded me, the other big topic is respawn is carrying. The Star Wars franchise and the video game spectrum on their backs because they just announced that uh, they are the studio that is running not one, not two, but three new Star Wars games are coming out through Respawn. The first one that we know is uh, Jedi Fallen Order 2 is uh, in production, and I don't want to say it's almost done, but the idea it's in production is probably the first one that would come out. And then the second one is uh, a first-person shooter from Respawn in the Star Wars universe. And then the third one is more, they're publishing it, but they have another studio working out the actual development. But they are doing a, uh, I think it's a strategy game in the Star Wars universe with another character, with another uh, game studio. So there's going to be three new Star Wars things in the books. Lucasfilm has kind of spoken said, yeah, we're working with Respawn for it, and we're excited, blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of cool. And then, uh, and yeah, I mean, uh, I guess also, like, some things I wish I could be uh, more, uh, be able to speak about with you guys more, but also, like, involves, it involves money, involves uh, getting more involved with a different ecosystem. But I do wish I I could have more thoughts on that Pokemon Arceus Legends. Or is it Pokemon Legends Arceus? Whatever. But you know what I'm saying? I think uh, that is uh, that seems very cool. I have also heard and seen like some of them. People are saying this might be the best Pokemon game ever. You know, that's 
that's tough. That's a tough pill for me to swallow of my feelings about that. But, uh, but no, uh, I, that's, that is one spectrum of this show. I wish I could get more into is the Nintendo, but I'm sorry. I ain't gonna lie. Shit is expensive. And the idea of like hearing people out there like, yeah, I put, I put money in this. I'm playing this. I'm also keep looking at discounts for a PC in my uh, games. I'm like, God damn, you got a lot of money. Ooh, he got money though. Ooh, that, that shit goes in my head. I think, but, uh, that's that's the one part of this little spectrum of the show, and that's why I try to do those uh, Nintendo indie scenes because I know they have a strong uh, open uh, to indies, and that's why I love. And I'm hoping those obviously, which they've been lately, but every indie comes to PlayStation, so I have an opportunity to play them too. But yeah, uh, and also I think it was also a very lackluster February. Uh, PS Plus games, we're going to get UFC 4, uh, Tiny Tina's Dragon Assault, which was in, which I already technically picked up, and then we're getting the PS5 one is up, we're getting Planet Coaster console edition, like, whatever, but, uh, but yeah, uh, I think that'll be it for the show in that sense, uh, thank you guys, I hopefully, um, you guys take a step back and listen to that, uh, bonus episode, like I said, there's and go through the links. You can read that book that I watched. Oh yeah, I guess I'll even do that too because we do. I do also think it's kind of bullshit that Tennessee uh, school district is banning a comic book about a basically called Mouse M A U S, which is definitely about a uh, it's about the Holocaust, and it for some reason they banned it because of uh. They said foul language and nudity, but the idea of it's a it's basically a characterized version of the Holocaust with mice and cats, and it involves I think the author's parents were the, is the story that they're talking talking about. So I mean, you know, what I'm saying, but it goes in that weird way of like, why are you covering up the Holocaust and not help least just you know, present it and see the terrible things that happen when one side thought they were better than the other side, uh, another race thing. Like it's very odd to like, or like when, uh, like a lot of down South government governments, a lot of down South districts have been trying to push this idea of like saying like teachers can't, I don't have to, uh, teach certain areas if it, it could pertains like white guilt i'm like what if you if you feel guilty that means you supported it in my opinion and why would you like that that doesn't make no goddamn sense so that you know the world is <laughs> going to hell in a handbasket they say but uh one thing i hopefully i can do with this fucking show even though it's a big old cluster run of me just talking my lungs out is uh hopefully i be a little bright side to this crazy ride we're doing but uh but yeah this week's uh hot picks is uh for music is johnny p's caddy from benny the butcher and j cole uh tv uh what did i just watch uh i will say 
I'm pretty confident I've already said it, so I'm going to do it this way. Um, check out Demon Slayer, the entertainment saga that's going on right now. Like Sundays are new episodes, and they're on episode nine. I don't know how long this fight's going to go, but it's been wait. It's this. I I'm more. Sh- it's way better than it should be in the sense of like Demon Slayer season one is really good. But this one is like on like a it's going on a different level. It feels like an extended version of the the movie and like it just feels over the top really well done and very detailed arts great. And then if I did not if I already said that, uh why don't you guys go also look at uh this podcast uh Stay Crunchy in Milk with uh, uh the internet's Tayrell. I want to say it's 713, his numbers, and uh, him and his gang, and they do a really good show each week, and uh, well, yeah, just want to give him a little shout out, and of course, feels like inside trading, because obviously he's a co-host of Cadillac on Mars, and I've obviously been on there and all that fun jazz, but it is what it is, like, like a gang, gang, gang shit right here. And then for comics, okay, I got my little list, hold on, let's go down. And then uh, from Aftershock Comics, Dark Red, Where Roads Lead, issue one. It's a one shot. It's going to be seven bucks. And then we'll go down to AWA Studios is going to have this number one called Primos. P-R-I-M-O-S, number one, one out of four. Coming out this week. Uh, Where is it? Nope. Boom Studios, nothing that's new. You know how we do it. And then Dark Horse has Manor Black Fire in the Blood, issue one out of four. And then uh, DC. See if we see anything number one. Oh, this week, the Monkey Prince, number one, one of 12, is going to be a little run. Of, this will be, a, I think it will be a collector's item. There's a lot of. Uh, I've already seen some big buzz on the one through the one out of 50 variant of this uh, book. And also there's this cool red envelope, like an homage to like uh, the lunar, uh, the lunar New Year's uh, celebration in the Chinese culture. It looks really cool. I was, I looked it up and it's already sold out everywhere. I found a place, but I just couldn't do it. Uh, And then, where let's keep going that's dc like monkey prince image this one called new masters number one uh let's keep going mad cave has speed republic number one coming out marvel Fantastic Four Reckoning War Alpha One, so like a new little uh, uh, event going on with Fantastic Four starts this week, and then uh, Sabretooth Number One. Now Sabretooth Number One, without you knowing, is definitely something I'm I might be interested in picking up because through this whole time frame of this new House of X, Power of X, a uh, little spoiler for this idea, but Sabretooth has been uh 
basically in like a, a prison limbo for a very long time. And now he's released. I'm very interested to see what this story is about with that. Because it's going to be involving that all these events of that. And uh, it might be really good. Might be the best saber thing that came out of that blackhead's head. Uh, the Savage Spider-Man, number one. Star Wars, the Halicron Legacy, number one. Uh, Excellent. X, the letter, dash, C-E-L-L-E-N-T, one. I've heard some good things that people are looking forward to that. We'll keep it going. And I want to say, I mean... Apparently, Zenniscope has a grim spotlight. Hell Child One, it does come out, and that'll be that will do it for hot picks. And again, thank you very much for listening. If you could tell a friend about the show and all that stuff, and uh, you guys be good to each other. I'll catch you next week. Peace.